What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity Light Edition. My name's Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complaints. And it's Maverick. It's just the two of us. We can make David. it if we try. Yeah, we can make it if we try. David and Aaron are off being adults. Yep. That's just, that's becoming the new theme. Like, we're just being adults. <laughs> yeah, what a life. Life um, happens. Growing up, life happens, so here we are. Um, we're just going to go ahead and, and jump into the festivities. Uh, actually, not the festivities. It depends. Do the AC, does the ACC tournament count as a festivity? The result, I, I would definitely celebrate. <laughs> well, first, let's talk about um, the Virginia game where our attention was split because we were um, fighting goblins uh, during that game, at least during the first half of that game, um, which we won, by the way. Um, yep. and the more dialogue and... heavy parts, we we would run over to the TV really quick. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we beat up some goblins, and Carolina beat up some Cavaliers. It was a pretty. We have not handled Virginia like that, like in over the course time. of a year. Um, in a long time, and yes, part of that is it being a down year for Virginia. They're in the NIT right now, and they're offensively they just weren't very good. But I do believe that there is something to Carolina just being better uh, or this Carolina scheme, Hubert Davis scheme, just being better against a pack line defense than um, than Roy's scheme. Not saying Roy's scheme was bad. Of course, I just think, you know, matchups, matchups are a thing. Bottom line, if you can hit your shots against the pack line, it's it's the same thing with a, any type of gimmick defense like the zone or anything like that if you hit your shots it really doesn't matter yep and we made our shots at a pretty high clip uh, against virginia or against virginia one by 20 63 to 43 well, even um, then, that's actually one of the things i don't even know if we shot that well and, and perhaps that played it into the virginia tech game we only shot 38 percent for the game and we actually shot 26 percent from three really it was only brady manic uh, I'm pretty sure he had four of those threes, and Caleb got one, and someone else got one. Um, or he might, uh, Caleb might have got the other two. Um, so we actually really didn't shoot that one. I think it was a precursor for the Virginia Tech game where the, that actually continued. Um, but uh, in terms of Virginia, we shot well enough. Yeah, we shot well to, enough. Especially, the especially game with them with their limited possessions, the they weren't going to catch up to us. Yeah. Yeah, after the first half, that game, we held them to, what, 13 points in the first half? Yeah, 13 yeah, that that game was over at that point. It's the lowest first half, uh, either in an ACC tournament or even just in general for UVA in the shot clock era. Yeah, we we beat Virginia um, and then had to take on their friends from Blacksburg, um, the inspired Virginia Tech Hokies, coached by Mike Young, who Carolina fans, of course, are very familiar with. The Virginia yeah. Tech Terriers. <laughs> Basically. Basically, he brought the whole team up. They just flat out played well. I do think fatigue played a part of played a part in it. I think there is a big difference between playing off of one day rest versus playing off no days rest. Um, and with the type of rotation that Carolina has, it was always going to be tough for them to play in back to back games. Remember what happened the last time they played in back to back games. Um, and Tennessee gave us the belt. Yeah, 
and they, you know what they say like it, it's really hard to beat a good team three times yep um, it's hard to beat any team three times so we won the first two matches but effectively they won when really when it started to matter a little bit more in, in a tournament like setting i believe the score was 72 59 mm-hmm. it was but that again that was probably one of the the least discouraging losses it's kind of weird to say it like that but um I just don't think this team, given the the depth issues, is really built for a, a go the distance type of run where you, you're playing, win four games in a row like Virginia Tech get, did. This team is just not built for a run like that. That's not to say they can't go on a run in a tournament with one day in between, um, but they also have to be able to hit their shots, and it, it, they just weren't falling in Brooklyn. That's been a trend for the whole season. Um, but and I think the biggest thing I think a lot of us will say, like I said, it might sound cowardly, it might sound, um, you know, not wanting to face the challenge. But uh, we did not give the Duke Blue Devils the satisfaction of getting the chance to play us for a third time. So very likely our last game against Coach K is still a loss. Um, not even and- going to give you the chance. <laughs> And uh, I, I took solace in that. And what made it even more funny is Virginia Tech went the distance. They beat Duke in the ACC championship game. It beat them worse than they beat us. Yeah. yeah they beat they, us by 13. They beat Duke by 15. Something's wrong in, with Duke. If we're going to have the conversation, something's not right. Yeah. Some, something's, maybe nothing's wrong, but something ain't right. And like I said, I, the Twitter has been a firestorm. The, oh, this is a good point. You said we were gonna we can bring this up on the pod that the rivalry's back. We can, let's get into oh, that. So yeah. So, but let me start off with by this first. Like I said, there's been a whole lot of chirping on Twitter about you know Duke fans trying to tell us like oh, why are you putting so much weight in a regular season game? You're, this is what you care about now. You're not, don't even care. While you're caring about regular season games, we're caring about winning championships. Blah blah blah. Well, you lost. You took a big fat L in both your last home regular season game and in the ACC tournament. So it's a whole lot of rah rah for nothing. Um, but whether they want to admit it or not, I think we broke their spirit. I something about that game. So, I think so we let, broke their spirit. Let's talk about let's talk about this for a little bit because I I tweeted that thing and I think what's been happening and they've changed it back but and I don't know what it looked like on Android but Twitter put like the home and your latest tweets like you could toggle between them very easily um and I guess apparently I just show up on the home timeline way more than I show up in people's latest tweets um i've had to get very good at finding that mute conversation button um and i wouldn't even like entertain the conversation if someone other than my dad uh replied to me um because overwhelmingly people kind of agreed with me the tweet just basically said um the carolina and duke hate each other again um and i it's fun. It's more fun this way. And I'm, of course, I know no, some of y'all, did, of course, do not like Duke. I, I'm pretty sure Bomani Jones has made the joke before. If you went into a food lion in Chapel Hill and got on the intercom and say that the lights went off in a Duke classroom for five minutes today, the entire store would break out cheering. Like, that's how this rivalry works. But to say that the animus between the two 
school or at least between the teams has been the same since or even like 10 years ago i don't think is is being honest i'll be the first to say that 2019 duke team with uh cam bradish and rj barrett and zion williamson that was a really fun team to watch there was no bad blood there like i wanted to beat them obviously because they're duke but like i didn't feel that internal hatred (laughs) that i I used to feel with the duke rivalry And, and really quick this year was the first year in so long that i've been nervous before the duke game like over a day in advance i haven't felt that in a very long time not even when i was a student really Mm -hmm. and i think i mean i would say was your dad said that they did they ever make up was that what what is coming yeah that's what he said and (laughs) i don't think it's necessarily that i just think that we both kind of went through that lull in the last two years where just given the the level of competition on both sides at at one of the given points it it was just pretty one-sided and it just goes to show the rivalry is not fun. Even if you're on the winning side, it's really not as much fun when when it's not competitive. Um, and so I would say this is the first time where it, there was a level. There's still arguably you know a difference of talent or at least a ceiling perhaps on the team, um, but the competitiveness was there perhaps that it wasn't year in years before. Um, but yeah, for that 19 team with Zion and Cameron, yeah, I definitely wanted to beat them. Um, I was sick of them getting covered every second of every day on ESPN. But when you think like Nasir Little's basically best friends with both Zion and RJ Barrett, um, they really, it, it's not the same <laughs> when everybody's like friends with each other. And you could tell, yeah. I said, e- even the wins, like it, 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 none of it really got ever ugly at all. It was just solid wins when we when we managed to beat Duke both times that year. Even Joel and Theo, I'm pretty sure were like decently good friends with Grayson Allen. Um, like they, no, Joel was teammates with Grayson Allen. Right? Yeah, like they're, like they were cool, which is fine. Like your friends are your friends. I'm sure. Like if my best friend went to Duke, like we wouldn't suddenly hate each other after that. It's just this year has felt different, and I think yeah. it's a welcome feeling for a lot of people. Yeah. Like I said, the, during our four years, maybe the most animosity between players might have been Joel Berry and Gary Trent. Yeah. Other than that, it was more fan hating a player rather than the players hating the players or, or disliking the players. Um, the chirping in between players wasn't the same. Uh, let's play a game real quick, uh, for you at least. Gary Trent, Jr. Mm-hmm. Still in the league? Yes, Toronto Raptors. Good job, good job. I did not know he was still. He scored forty two. Oh, when no, did that more... happen? <laughs> when when Portland traded him, he became like their number one option, especially oh with Kyle goodness. Lowry going. Once Kyle Lowry went to Miami, he's become one of their top two scoring options. Huh. He's Good actually for you, Gary. He's actually cut out a spot for him, admittedly. Good good for you. Dallas tried to trade that? for him. They offered KP and I forgot who else. Maybe Jalen Brunson for him. And the, the Raptors said no. We're like, you gotta respect respect it to at least ask. Anyway, that's my response to my father via podcast versus um just texting or calling him. <laughs> but but yeah. Um, let's talk 
NCAA tournament then, um, if we're all through with the ACC. Um, Carolina is 24-9 and heading into the NCAA tournament. We are going to be playing, we are the 8th seed, playing the 9th seed Marquette in Fort, Fort Worth, Texas on mm. Thursday at 4.30. Um, I would have loved to have gone to that regional. That would have been fun. I would have went to the American Airlines Center. And, yeah, how are you feeling about the game against Marquette? Uh, just on a, like a game-to-game perspective, I think it was a pretty good matchup, to be honest. Um, I think there were rumblings kind of going into the tournament that it could be one of Marquette. I heard Creighton. I believe Michael Coe said that it could be uh, San Francisco, potentially. Um there was a myriad of options um, kind of in that slot. I feel like in, in terms of like Kim Palm ranking, I think Marquette was the lowest rated nine seed. Um, uh, but at the same time, there's, there was all these sore lines. If Dawson was still here, um, it would have been him playing his former team. Um, and now they're led by Shaka Smart, who has notoriously just had North Carolina's number. He's just one of those coaches that North Carolina just can't beat. Um, and or was seemed, it one of those coaches that Roy Williams can't beat? It could be, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, I, but I think one thing that worries, even though Marquette by record and such seems like they're having a down year, a similar kind of deal where they're in this coach's trans, uh, transition from Wojciechowski to uh, Shaka Smart. Um, they beat what was it? they beat Villanova. They lost to Creighton though three times, but they beat Villanova, and I believe they were either competitive or they beat UConn even um, at some point in the season. So, I mean, they've gotten decent wins in the Big East. Um, And I think one of Shaka's calling cards, which is a cause for concern, they play physical. And we've seen at times this this Cardinal team struggle against athleticism and overly physical play. Um, They also Uh, have decent shooters. I forgot the kid's name, but they have also a really good scorer. Let me see if I can pull up the roster. They beat Villanova twice. They swept mm-hmm. Villanova this year. And then was did they beat UConn or was it it was a close game? Um, they both times they played UConn, they lost by eight. Okay. So they're um, at least by a percentage minutes used, their top two are Daryl Morcel um, and, and Justin, Justin Lewis. Lewis. Justin Lewis, I believe, is the one um, that was here. I believe he averages like seventeen a game. So that's going to be Leakey's assignment. Um, pretty confident in that. But like I said, I, I given all the potential options, I think that it's a good matchup. Um, they are in the 300s in both offensive and defensive rebounding percentage. So Armando should have an absolute field day on him. And yep. even Shaka Smart brought him up in their press conference. Like, we're going to have to find a way to stop him because um, he will be a force in the paint. So should be one of those games Mondo needs to touch the ball every single possession. They are 330th in offensive rebound percentage, 306 um, in defensive rebounding percentage. Uh, they play fast. Their average possession length is 15 seconds. It's pretty quick. Um, so keep an eye on that. There's going to be a lot of possessions. Um, I would say for this game, if we have somewhere around, if we play at Marquette's pace, if we have eight, nine, ten turnovers, that's totally fine. 
because there's going to be so many possessions in the game. If we play at a case a pace that we are more comfortable with, um, of course we're going to want to not turn the ball over that many times. But if the ball's going up and down the court, turnovers are going to happen, whether you want them to or not. Um, so taking care of the ball is going to be very important here. Um, I, I mean, it's an 8-9 game. We are in this position for a reason. We're going to have to play well and take care of the ball in order to win. But I do think that if we take care of the ball, then we will win. I mean, I, a small little uh, storyline there. It's Fort Worth is three hours from Hera, Oklahoma. Um, so I believe Brady's family and folks entire family is going to go. Um, so like I said, that could always be motivation too. perhaps Brady. And like I said, I, the one thing that stuck out to me uh, from the beginning of the season is that Brady said that he wants to get to a sweet 16. Um, so with this being his last chance, I don't have no doubt that he's going to play motivated basketball. Um, uh, but uh, the only thing I was going to say, we've said it all year, this team will go as far as Caleb Love takes them. That is true. Marquette is, um, they've lost six of their last ten. So they aren't exactly surging coming into the tournament, which also might mean they have something to prove. Um, to be honest with you, I have not watched enough Marquette basketball to tell you uh, which, of them, which of those that's going to be. Now, not to look past Marquette, but because we probably won't do another show before... Um, this first game is over. Let's briefly talk about Baylor, um, the one seed who will be taking on number five in Kempom. Um, they are ninth in offense, 14th in defense. So top 20 in offense and defense. That's the pro uh, efficiency. Um, that is the makings of a national champion, uh, to be completely honest with you. Their offensive rebounding percentage is seventh in the country. Um, a really great rebounding team. Really, the only thing they're bad at is free throws. They don't shoot many free throws, and when they get to the line, they don't make them at a very high clip. Um, other than that, they are <laughs> pretty much a, a juggernaut. They're the reigning national champions for a reason. They'll be taking on the 16 seed Norfolk State, who, I mean, to their credit, are better than the normal MEAC champion. Um, but it's a one versus 16. They, I, yeah. I think it's okay to focus yeah. on Baylor here. Now, having said that, I feel strongly that we got the most beatable one seed. Because one thing to remember is that the Baylor that got to this tournament is not the same Baylor that's going to be on the court necessarily. Because they already have two players that are essentially either lost for the season or lost indefinitely. They had their big guy, is it Chachua, I believe is his last name. Um, he's out for the season, and then there's one of the best shooters, LJ Cryer, is out indefinitely. Um, and so there, there's some chinks in their armor. I think I would actually be because Baylor's one of those teams that are very physical and, and very strong defensively. I don't think they're the same team last year. There's no Davion Mitchell or mm -hmm. anyone like that on this team. Um, but they, they will make you pay on the defensive end if you're careless. Um, but they also, I feel their team that kind of likes to get out and run. Am I, am I mistaken? Uh, let's see. In pace, uh, they're they're average. Um, I would say so that I'll, this I'll might say be a this. game if we can get them on a like if we manage to catch them like on a cold shooting streak. I think we should try to slow to get the game down a little bit. Yeah, 
make it shorter. Not don't give them as um, as many chances to let Baylor do the Baylor thing. I mm-hmm. totally agree with that. Um, but which is course, odd to say for Carolina basketball, but with our new system, um, yeah, and the way that we play with depth and everything like that, slowing it down may actually be better. And then you can do short bursts of effective like transition play or the secondary break, things like that. So five teams from the ACC get into the NCAA tournament. It is us, Duke, Notre Dame. Um, I am scrolling through, so I make sure I pick Miami. up all of them. Miami and Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech, who it seems like needed to win the tournament to get into um, get into the NC- needed to win the ACC to get into the NCAA tournament. Wake Forest did not look like they were close to making yeah, not the even the last four. Which is for, um, unfortunate for, for the Deeks. Um, it looks like they would have had to do a Virginia Tech-like run in order to make it. Um, Duke ends up stealing a bid from somebody to get in. I think Notre Dame can make some noise. Miami is just so streaky where if they can, if they get hot, they can beat anybody in the country. Um... I I just don't know what to do about Duke. And let's we'll go ahead and, and we'll go region by region and we can talk about who we pick yeah. to come out. I will say I've been going back and forth between Davidson and Michigan State, but I think either of them could beat Duke. Yeah, I mean, and that's in Greenville, right? Yep. I they mean, do not the, want to be there. <laughs> they they don't Davidson I think they remember what happened the last time they were in Greenville. <laughs> But I, honestly, I, I would I would really prefer I think Michigan State to do it because like I said, I, Izzo knows how to beat Coach K, um, and I trust uh, even for a quote unquote down year for Michigan State, I would trust Tom Zenzo to do that um, in that but position. Bob McKillop's a good coach. Oh, oh, I, I definitely believe that. I, I'm not uh, trying not to disparage that or any way or or cast dispersions as Stephen A. Smith would say. Oh, I, for sure. I, I just say that to say this Davison team is probably a little bit upset that they lost that A-10 championship game to Richmond. Um, this is not the Davis, Davison team I would want to be playing right now. Mm-hmm. So either both, um, I mean, and t- before we get kind of more than nitty gritty, um, I mean, I feel like the West might be from top to bottom, probably one of the more, the more, hellish kind of brackets to get through i believe the south with arizona might be the not the least because um, I, I feel like arizona has a clear path to the final four i would say the midwest and the east um are relatively uh, kind of even um, mm-hmm. but i would say i i also see where i think we're maybe the second hardest um just going the top down we have baylor you have purdue you have one of the best defensive teams in texas you have UCLA, who um, probably higher than what they're ranked as a four seed in this tournament. Kentucky, all the way at the bottom. I mean, that's a pretty stacked, you know, list from top to bottom. So, who do you have coming out of the West? I'll go to like the game two decided. I I think Gonzaga and Texas Tech will be the Elite Eight game, and I'll I'll take Gonzaga. I agree. I I think whoever wins the Texas Tech Alabama game is going to go to the Elite Eight. Um, 
and I I pick Gonzaga there. Would you take Alabama over Duke? Nate Oates does not like Coach K. Uh, <laughs> I, I I would like to see that game just for the spiciness, but yes, I would take I would okay. take Alabama over Duke. Nate Oates is a good coach. I don't particularly like him, but I think he's a very good yeah. coach. Yeah. I mean, I would personally, I feel like Texas Tech has that physicality and the defensive prowess needed to really shut down Duke. Um, if, the if they get past Cal State Fullerton and if they get past Michigan State. Yeah. To the South. Um, I have in the uh, Elite Eight game, I have Villanova and the Cougars of Houston in the Elite uh, Eight. I was looking at Houston. Houston, I feel like, was Texas Tech in 2018, mm. where they are really good but unproven. They have I don't believe they have a single quad one victory, if I'm not mistaken. Because um, I've heard that they're one of the teams that's been most criticized like for their ranking. That They win, and in their wins, they're pretty dominant, and that's what gets their net so high. But in terms of the quad victories, it's not as representative. Um, I can see that. I think it depends on their championship game win and the American might be quad one over mm-hmm. Memphis. Um, but just glancing at Kim Palm, that feels right. So, I mean, I feel like Arizona just looks really good. Um, but I would, I, I think I would, I would tab Illinois over them, even though they lost pretty early on in the, in the big 10 tournament. Um, but yeah, I, my gut says it's Arizona, Tennessee. I feel like Tennessee's Rick Barnes has Tennessee playing at a really high level right now, um, and so I could, I could definitely see Tennessee making a run. Um, in this bracket, I would say one of like the biggest like projected upsets. I think Loyal Chicago is going to beat Ohio State. I am as a strategic move. I don't disagree with you but as a strategic move for my bracket i am picking ohio state because i feel like a lot of people are going to pick loyola chicago because of sister jean um so i'm just picking ohio state to try to pick up an easy win i don't think they're going to go either one either team's going to go very far so if i miss it whatever um but so i believe i saw ohio a stat state. today where loyola chicago is like one of only a handful of teams that is up there in both like like effective field goal percentage or something for their conference or something um they're definitely up there. Yeah, they are seventh in the country in effective field goal percentage. Um, they don't rebound rebound the we- rebound the ball very well on the offensive glass, though. Um, like I said, I definitely like to see that game. So I, I, I ultimately have Arizona coming out of that. Another one seed making it through. I have Houston going through. I don't know. We'll I see. Can see it. Uh, let's go to uh back down east where the where the car- down east. Good lord, going down to Greenville apparently. Let's go down east. I have in the Elite Eight Kentucky and UCLA in the Elite Eight with Kentucky going to the Final Four. No, I, I could see it. Um, yeah, I just like I said I. I give all, all the props to Baylor. I feel like they're going to, if anyone sees going to lose, it's going to be Baylor. Someone's going to catch them, whether it's us, uh, whether it's UCLA in the Sweet 16, um, or if they make it all the way. I don't see any of these teams being Kentucky. I, I have Kentucky as my pick coming out of it. Um, I feel like if we 
if we can beat Baylor, I feel like it can spark a run. And I feel like we, we could make that elite game, eight game against Baylor. I think we can beat UCLA um, just because they're still not as hot as they were last year. For sure. Um, I would like to play UCLA since we didn't get that game earlier this year. I'd mm-hmm. like to play UCLA. I don't know if I want to play Kentucky again. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I think we like might to have to. If, if somehow Kentucky falls and we go on some run, there's a path. There's a path. There's a path. Uh, let's go out to the Midwest and the Elite Eight. I have uh, Kansas coming off of a win against Iowa and Auburn coming off of a win against the 11 seed Illinois or Iowa State. The 11 seed Iowa State I have in the Sweet 16 uh, losing to Auburn and then uh, Kansas going to the Final Four. Yeah, in one of my brackets, I have Colgate beating Wisconsin and going on a, a decent Wisconsin's run. not that good. <laughs> they're, they're just not that good. So, um, I mean, I, Auburn just has to – if Auburn's guard play just catches up to their front court, um, I feel like they, they too can make a run. But I, I don't think I'm ever going to cheer for Auburn for various reasons. Um, I, I have Kansas, and I do have – uh, Auburn, but Kansas will make it. I, I have Kansas making another bracket. Yeah, I Colgate just makes shots, so I, I can totally see Colgate beating Wisconsin. Absolutely. Um, let's go to our final fours. On the left side of the bracket, I have uh, Gonzaga going up against Kentucky with Kentucky yep. winning because I'm never going to pick Gonzaga to win a national championship until they do it. I had Gonzaga and Kentucky and then Gonzaga winning and making the national championship. And then that'd be Arizona, Kansas on the other side and Arizona winning and a Gonzaga, Arizona, Tommy Lloyd versus Mark few. I, I have Houston on the other side, taking on Kansas with Kansas getting to getting the win leading to a blue blood battle, Kentucky, and Kansas in the national championship. Mm. I have Gonzaga and Arizona, and I have the teacher beating the student. Mark Few finally captures it. I, I'll believe it when I see it. Like I, <laughs> I just, there, there's no logical reason for me to pick against Gonzaga. I just don't think they're going to do it. I have Kentucky beating Kansas. Maybe I'm just scarred by the game earlier this year where um, they just uh, cut off our butts and then served it to us. Um, I'm picking Kentucky 81 75 uh, to win the championship. I had Gonzaga over Arizona, 71-65. Remember that that score? (laughs) Rings a bell. Rings a bell. All right, so that's our analysis of the NCAA tournament. It's an interesting field. I am still intrigued. I'm super intrigued by South Dakota State, who hasn't lost a game since December 15th. Um to see what happens maybe are they hiding some flaws that they never had to to work out i don't know um that's a tough matchup for a four seed in providence that i think is a little bit overseeded um I, do you have any other miscellaneous thoughts about the tournament yeah i, I feel like cold gate's been the talk i've heard lots of talk of loyal chicago upsetting uh, ohio state um 
Do you have the records up? I feel like people have mentioned Boise State beating Memphis potentially in the Gonzaga matchup. I don't know if they beat Gonzaga, but don't they have 30 wins? I have Boise State beating um, Memphis. Um, also, New Mexico State seems to be the one of the more popular 12-5s, um, which is one of the more common upsets uh, that happen twice a year. So here's why I picked Boise State. They're very good defensive team they rank 16th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency um memphis turns the ball over on 23 percent of their offensive percentages good for 352nd out of 358 their steal percentage is 13.2 on offense they get the ball stolen from them 13.2 percent of the time that is 358th out of 358 i'm taking the Boise State Broncos. Yeah, so I, that's another matchup. Um, also with this playing with Rutgers and Notre Dame. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough matchup, um, you know, whoever wins. But I feel like if they can get past Alabama, um, it'd be a, that, that, I'd like to see whoever wins that game if they beat Alabama against Texas Tech. Because um, Rutgers has gotten a lot of quad one wins. Um, the record otherwise doesn't really show much uh, but they can beat good teams when it comes down to it um, and we've seen that notre dame has all the pieces needed to make a run uh, old team so very old team um let's get to some of david's thoughts that he um texted us earlier i just want to make sure that we do not leave him out um he said that he was finally losing to virginia tech uh to avoid a potential duke revenge game um and that was hilarious that they actually beat duke i agree he thinks we'll beat marquette and lose to baylor but if we get past that like you said mav is wide open for us um he also thinks that the end of the season push really changed the overall look overall outlook on a potentially mediocre first season for hubert um I think that's true, but I think what's what I take away from that is that Carolina teams are hopefully in the future going to continue the trend of getting better as the year goes on. What yeah, also oh. says Duke got a t tough pull. Agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't see Duke winning six games. I I I don't not with this defense. You can't. They can. They're two hundred something in just the defense. You they're can't they're in one of these six games, they're going to catch somebody and practice basically every game because you take what happened in Cameron. Now it's everybody because now everybody wants to be the team that ends Coach K's career. Yep. And so you are going to get absolutely the best punch from every single one of those six teams you're going to have to face to win the championship. And if if they get an extremely hot team on them, I feel like they're they're no you know less resilient than we are when it comes to getting punched in the mouth. So, uh, the last thing that David said, and we'll we can close the show on this, is that he said that Tom Brady unretiring now makes him think that Coach K will do the same. Tom Brady spent six weeks with his kids and said, "I can't do this." <laughs> <laughs> I saw one where um, it, it was uh, after Tom Brady had the channel changed three times in a run, in, in thirty minutes. <laughs> it was it was video guy just walking up and busting through a window. Just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. So um, that, of course, changes the math, at least on the NFC South. I just think it's really funny that he's coming back. 
<laughs> I don't have any real analysis besides this is hilarious. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not. I don't feel strongly about it. I also don't think Coach K is coming back. Um, that man looks tired of all of this. <laughs> yeah. Also, like I said, you, you're, it's way too deep now. Yeah. I you feel like you can't do all this and then come back. Yeah. That's a bad look. Like I said, you've effectively hired your replacement already. It uh, it can't happen. Uh, what else do we have, Matt? I would say uh, we definitely need to talk about too before we go. Uh, the late we got to talk about the women's tournament. Um, Carolina has a is a fifth seed. Um, we have South Carolina as our number one seed. We're going out west to Tucson for the first two games. I believe Arizona is hosting, mm-hmm. and then we are in the Greensboro Regional. Uh, so if we make the Sweet 16, we'll be back in North Carolina, which I think would be huge. Our first game is against uh, Stephen F. Austin, 12 seed. I think it's a very winnable game. Um, it's that second game, potentially, where we have a date with South Carolina. Um, that becomes important. How mad? Oh, sorry, has... sorry, sorry. The second round would actually be against Arizona. Right. Um, who made the Final Four last year. Then would be for a date against South Carolina, but if we manage to make it to Greensboro, I might have to go to that game. Can you imagine? Yeah, now that I am no longer in quarantine, I might try to do that as well. How mad do they have to be, uh, South Carolina, that your reward for being your one seed is having to play uh, Carolina, who notoriously rolls deep in Greensboro? <laughs> yeah, um, but... I feel like they, they had to get the Greensboro Regional because it was the closest. The other one was yeah. in Connecticut because there's been a lot of chirping. NC State was really upset with their placement, but South Carolina got the number one overall seed, so they got to choose the, the Greensboro Regional. So then NC State took uh, up in Connecticut, and they have UConn in their bracket as the two seed. Um, I'm not sure if that was smart by them. I feel like I don't know how the preference sheet works, but I feel like if I'm not in Greensboro as NC State, if there's a chance, oh, I have I to play UConn. UConn was in their trap. So no, they're not actually. Uh, someone Aren't told they? me I thought they were, but they're not. Yeah, think. they are. They're the two seed. Then this one's stores. Then this one. Oh, I have the wrong bracket. Because I thought I knew that they had were playing UConn, and because that's what they were saying. Like we got this bracket, and now we have to play. It gets us UConn. And then um, their um, it would be in regional... Connecticut. Yeah, it's in Bridgeport. Um, so that's not a good draw. No, no, I would say, but I guess where else do you go? Because yeah. South Carolina is in Greensboro, Louisville's in Wichita, Stanford's in Spokane. So where else can you go? That's yeah. tough. Yeah, that's tough. So. Um, not, well, and also they're upset that Carolina of all places gets a Greensboro <laughs> Regional, whereas they have to go to Connecticut and potentially playing Connecticut in an Elite Eight game um, right. with Paige Becker's back. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, like, uh, Paige Buckets um, might have something to say about NC State winning his first national championship in, um, was it 39 years? Is that what something he is like right that. now? Something like that. So, Oof. Yeah, but uh, then you have Stanford and Louisville as the other brackets. Um, I mean, I, I would say the, the upset seems to not be as unpredictable um, on the women's side of things, but there's, I think there's definitely some opportunities there. Like I said, um, Arizona could very well beat South Carolina, I think, and just go on another run. I think I, Carolina, if we just if we just get it rolling, I think we could potentially make a run. I mean – this having South Carolina as the one, and I—I I mean, 
besides Bri oh. the Bridgeport region, the Greensboro region is just about as tough. Um, yeah. Instead of having State and UConn, you have Iowa and South Carolina, where and Iowa just has a walking flamethrower. Yeah. Also, even if NC State actually it upsets, or I guess it's not an upset because they're number two, it beats UConn. Then they're on Stanford's side. So then they would yeah. get Stanford in the final four. So they'd have to beat the defending national championships team just to get to the title game. Um, so they have a gauntlet ahead of them. For sure. All right. I believe that's all we have for this episode. So go heels. Oh, and the women play uh, March 19th at 7.30 on ESPN News. Um so make sure to catch them as well. That is all that we have for this week. So go Heels. Let's win some tournament games. And we will get back at you, hopefully, with more Carolina basketball to uh, predict. Go Heels. Got to beat them. Go Heels. Got to win six.